I think it's going for it and trying new things and facing that risk. It's why I believe that what we really need is courage, not confidence, even though the worst feedback ever is you need to be more confident because the confidence is really that outcome. And so the more we have, I hate to use a sports analogy, but at bat, I used to always have a boss who would say, you need more at bat, like, but get up to bat. Yeah. Uh, so going for things that with some uncertainty, and I think women supporting other women to amplify that. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and opened doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat, how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to How Women Inspire. Today's guest is a clinical associate professor at the Kellogg School of Management the best business school in the United States. She teaches personal leadership in their women's leadership program as the director. Uh, She spent 25 years with Fortune 500 companies, uh, holding the top brand management post at divisions of Pepsi, Royal Caribbean, Whirlpool, all those big, big companies that we, we all know about and affect us on a regular basis. This trailblazer serves as an independent director for two public companies and one private company on their boards. She runs a leadership advisory service, consulting and speaking and coaching, and she's a TEDx speaker. What hasn't she done? She's going to share with us today insights on leadership and careers and advancing women and inclusion. And she's also a prolific writer. You can find her at Harvard Business Review and Forbes and Business Insider. This is a drumbeat, my friends. What I want you to know is you can really dive in and we're going to talk more about this today, but she just is publishing a book called The Mirrored Door. I'm so excited for this. She's using her experience to really help us understand and navigate 
through all of the internal and external obstacles that really stop us from creating the career that we desire. I feel like I have this conversation with people every day, including my young adult kids. So welcome, Ellen Taff. Welcome so much. I'm so excited to be together today. Julie, I'm so excited to be here and just to be a part of How Women Inspire, How Women Lead, your whole organization. So thrilled to be here and looking forward to our discussion. Okay, Ellen, before we get into the serious stuff, do you have a theme song or a song that you play to get get your energy up or to use to celebrate? Where, where do you go? So my song is Fight Song yes. by Rachel Platten, I believe. And I think it came out at a time when I was in a career pivot. So it was really notable to me because of that. And, you know, some of, Did you feel some like the, you had to fight a little bit, Ellen? Was it sort of like, hey, I'm bucking up, I got to... I got to hold my own. It was at a point where after my corporate career, I worked for a small company for five years. And when I left that, it was really like, what do I want the rest of my life to be about? So it was about finding my voice. So the, you know, some of the, the lyrics of all the things I didn't say wrecking ball inside my head. That that was me yeah. holding back in meetings or things like that. It was at a pivotal time where I was figuring out what am I going to do to get more women on board? So I was joining my second board and starting to interview and just feeling like I don't want to be the alone in the room as the only no. woman and I need to use my voice. So it was something that I think was something I had to learn throughout my career, but it was, it was showing up again late in my yeah. career. It popped up. So this yeah. was finding my voice. You know, there's so many lyrics in that song of, you know, I've won match, but I can create an explosion. And I, I really, it was at a point that led me to do more to get women on board, as well as to join Kellogg heading up women's leadership programming. So it's pivotal time. You know, there's so much of what you just said that resonates for me. Part of which is in my 20s, I did all this work around showing up and my voice. And I thought, I got it. And every once in a while, I'd hear these older women and I'd be like, oh, did they do that work in their 20s? And then all of a sudden, it's like you're knocking on 50 and you're like, wait, some of this stuff comes right back. You know, and you have to rework yeah. on it, right? We all hear about like this glass ceiling. And I think so many of us get so many bruises along the way. You know, you're just going as fast as you can to try to ping ponging through the wrecking, whatever, with the wrecking ball outside, inside, wherever it is. And we keep filtering and uh, revising and making ourselves maybe even smaller. But your book is called The Mirror Door. Will you talk a little bit about what's the upshot of that? Why does that matter for us? Yeah, so The Mirror Door is my metaphor for this dynamic that I see in women, in my students, and women I've coached. I see it in the research and I see it in myself. And it's when we face opportunity and reflect inward and think, I'm not ready and hesitate and have this doubt of I'm not ready or worthy for this opportunity when all the growth is on the other side. And so often we take actions that have worked for us before, preparation and perfection and pleasing others and a, and a, a couple different things that I've identified and we hold back and we miss opportunities. And, you know, for sure, we are held back by systemic issues and biases, but in this case, we also hold ourselves back. We we also lock ourselves in place. Yeah. I mean, I think here's some 
perspective for you. I mean, you are the perfect example of this, right? A woman who's on a bunch of public company boards, everybody would look at your resume and like, you're one of the most powerful women in the country. What could you possibly have to worry about, you know, in terms of feeling ready. And I work with the most powerful women in the women in the world doing extraordinary stuff. stuff. All of us think, oh my God, she's got it figured out. And every one of them has some kind of an imposter syndrome, I think with narrow exception. And especially if you're doing something new, like you and I mm-hmm. talk a lot about, you've just been talking about getting women on corporate boards. Well, that's something that's new, you know, when it's new to you and you haven't done it before, you have to talk about yourself differently. Well, and most of us haven't even had a job and like some had to go look for a job for 20 years, you know, and we've, yeah. we've got tapped for new opportunities, right? But we haven't really gone out and done interviews, men on job hunt. I think it actually brings up all kinds of complexity, right? It really yeah. makes it harder for us. Okay. What do we do if you're having that experience? I know we all, we're all going to buy the book, but what is an example of something you could do when you're realizing, oh, wait, I'm telling a story about myself that may not be true here. I think that it depends on what is holding us back. So sometimes it's fear of how we'll be evaluated and it comes from being successful so often. So, you know, your high achieving audience has had that success. So then that taking the risk of exposing yourself is really hard. So it's all about taking small risks when the stakes are lower and putting your hat in the ring for an opportunity or challenging yourself. I may not fully know this, but I'm going to speak up early in this meeting. And even as simple as I'm going to make sure I comment three times in this. So that's one where if you're held back by that kind of fear. I mean, sometimes we were raised to be good girls and other oriented and want to please others. So we hold back in raising conflict or saying no, or taking on things. And so that's where setting boundaries as simple as possible. Like, I can't do this. Here's who I'd recommend. Yeah. And not go into the litany of like, I can't do this because I've already committed a little bit of, you know, like all this stuff that, that we can fall into to save someone else. When the reality is other people would like some directness as well. Exactly. And not being so caught up in our own head that somehow it's going to make us seem less than. Do you find that there's any cultural differences that impact how people react in those situations? Yeah, I do. I think it's rooted in that. And um, some, some of the really interesting research about how boys and girls interact as children and what they learn from the relationship with each other. And so girls learn to cooperate, learn to not boast. To it, it's for they, they limit themselves because that's, that's the girl code to get yeah. along with each other. Do not act superior. Whereas mm-hmm. boys learn this one-upmanship yeah. that is hard for them, I'm sure, but it also teaches them to say you can do something and likely you can figure it out. So good for them. But we need a little bit of that too. The research would also support as adults, there is this holding back that happens or discounting ourselves. Yes. I think girls do that more. And I would also say girls can attach to school and academics where the rules are clear. You can put in the hard work and get the grade. And, and you see 70% of U.S. valedictorians are young women. And then you get into the workplace and there's all this gray area. It's so much on what you can say you can do. And so often we have that like, oh, I'm not sure. 
and I yeah. need to go prepare some more. And we yeah. are more ready than we realize. Like, I mean, I feel like you're just like, yes, yes, that's me. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> me, too. Um, uh, me too. So to me, that sort of harkens to this like, that's what's made me successful, Ellen, is because I prepare really well and I work really hard and I try to please people like, what are some of the biggest challenges of the success, the successes that were the, the strategies you used when you were in your 20s, 30s, early 40s? I think it's going for it and trying new things and facing that risk. It, it's why I believe that what we really need is courage, not confidence, even though the worst feedback ever is you need to be more confident. Because the confidence is really that outcome. And so the more we have, I hate to use a sports analogy, but at bat, I used to always have a boss who would say, you need more at bat, like, but get up to bat. Yeah. Uh, so going for things that with some uncertainty, and I think women supporting other women to amplify that. Yeah. You know, there was, there was a study done where it was like 66% of Fortune 1000 female CEOs did not think they were CEO material until someone tapped them on the shoulder and said, you can do this. You know, just trust that there's this inherent thing that we are discounting ourselves. And it's almost like, I'm sick of that. Let's give things more of a try and we will land on our feet. So part of it's belief, but it's taking those actions to in small ways, I'm going to try something I don't know how I'm going to do. That's been my secret is trying something. Of course, I have the stress of, can I really do this? Or do I deserve to be here? And trying to stack up all the reasons why you should be here versus all the reasons why, oh, I'm not really ready for this. You've heard me say it before. My goal is for you to run the world. And let me tell you why. It's not just because I think you're fabulous badass and you know that I do. It is actually protective for all of us. When you have diversity on a board, for example, product recalls happen three times faster. Companies perform better. It's better for people. It's better for profits. And it's better for the planet. We need you to join a corporate board. And we need you to know when to advocate for it in your day job. October 16th through the 20th, How Women Lead is hosting our extremely successful fourth annual Get On Board Week. This week is full of virtual programming, content rich, but also connecting, connecting, connecting. And we know 85% of all board searches, they're word of mouth and through connections. We wanna connect you with private equity firms that are seeking board members. We wanna connect you with other women board members who've already done it, who are being tagged and can't take all the board seats that are coming their way. We will have board opportunities that we will share with you. Really, truly, this is our way to connect and propel you. This is one week. But what happens is people connect with people on LinkedIn or they create mastermind groups that they support each other all year long. I want you to step up and be part of the solution. My daughter needs you on the board. But I also want to inspire you to think about all the women around you where you can be the person who inspires her and says, I see you on a board. I think you should be on a board check it out. Come and explore. Invite 10 friends. Tell them that you believe in them. It's the greatest gift you can give. Somebody did it for you. 
And I want to encourage you to do it for another woman. I look forward to seeing you at Get On Board Week so we can get thousands of women on boards. This year, our focus beyond the private boards that we've always focused on, we're adding the private board space. It's time. Thanks for your partnership. Send the letter back down and help another woman get into action. You know that you said a couple things there. One is like the internal work, what you should be doing. But you also said like when other people tap you on the shoulder and say, I believe in you. And at How Women Lead, we have this credo and we ask people to be fierce advocates for each other and asking for help. I always ask people like, how many of you like to help other people? And everyone raises their hand. And then I say, how many of you like to ask for help? And everyone's like, not me. And sometimes tongue in cheek, I'll say, well, it's being selfish if you don't ask for help, because look at all these people who want to help you and it'd make them happy. But I love it. you know, one of the things it makes me think when you say what you just said is like, how about enlisting people and say, hey, I want to ask you to help push me. I'm realizing I'm putting some, I've got some self-limiting beliefs or I'm not pushing myself into this new space. Would you keep encouraging me or in places where yeah. you see that I can have opportunities? It's almost like asking someone to be that sponsor, but not quite so official, you know, that we all know that we're, women are over-mentored and under-sponsored. And so in do it for each other, which is like, yes, of course you can do this thing. I'd love for you to be, be a leader with me and be an advisor, be a board member, you know, be on my podcast, whatever it is. Now, a lot of the women in my community are trying to be like you, Ellen. They want to get on corporate boards. They want to be able to have that portfolio career. Do you feel like the mirror door in particular impacts the corporate board journey? I do think so. I think more women are aware of board service and want to go for it too. I don't think we've always identified it to the people in our network. Yeah. So we might go to, and everyone should go to the get on board week that How Women Lead offers. But there's also a tapping into your network and communicating, this is a goal I have. Yeah. And sharing that because so much of it still does happen through a network. And it's not just women. I mean, yeah. you have almost a greater chance of letting the men know in your life that who are dominating boards still, that this is something you want to do. And of course, doing the work to get yourself ready to know what you're getting into, which is why I like the training programs and things like that. Then the last thing I would say is making sure that you can take all your experience and share what what contribution you can make in the boardroom. And sometimes we fall back on language. I saw someone not get a important high level job because they kept saying, we did this, we did this, we yeah. did this. And they left the interviewing committee thinking, I'm not sure she did it. Yeah. She kept talking about her team. And that's an important thing. But it, you also have to say, what did you do in the matter yes. and, and how right. you can contribute into in that boardroom? Well, well. you know, women were trained not to ever say me, I, we were trained early in our careers. We did it. I'm a, I'm a team member. And now it's like, all of a sudden the rules are changing and we have to like use a different measure and be more self-promoting, which is so uncomfortable for so many of us. What can people do if I want to help other women open their mirror door? What are some of the things I can do? And everybody listening here could do for the women around them that they respect and love. I think understand what is holding them back. And it, it could be, you know, identified preparing to perfection, eagerly pleasing, fitting the mold, pedal to the metal, like pushing ourselves too hard, not bringing others along with us or burning out and then performing patiently. And so 
understanding what is coming up. And maybe it's a multiple of those things. Believe me, I've been through all of them at different stages in my career and understanding what's up for that. So someone who is waiting for perfection, maybe the coaching they need is, okay, let's take everything you're doing. What are the few things you're going for A plus effort on? What are the things you're going to drop and where are you going to be okay with B and C so that you're, you're prioritizing. And I think also helping women understand that as expectations rise and we all rise in our organizations, we have to move away or adapt to some of these earlier habits. So you can be perfect or you can also learn that you're ready enough to make decisions with partial information. So I know that that's like against I know, what it's we a think hard of one. all the preparation, <laughs> but like that's what's expected. So we yeah. could be seen as risk averse. So I go through the, here's how it drives success, but here's where it's sidelining either to the perception of us as she can't, can't make a decision or she's not taking a risk or she can't face conflict or give direct feedback, things that are perceptual. But then they're also internal things that I'm afraid, you know, or is feeding doubt. Did they hire the real me or did they hire this person that I'm trying to almost pose to be? So there's a lot in there, but Mm -hmm. it's sort of helping to understand the double-edged sword of the things that have driven success. It's a bit of a paradox. And the pivot out of that is generally around action, action in small steps. Thank you. Well, that's, that's so brilliant. And one of the things I know is that so many women, myself included, I was always like, I'm the behind the scenes person. I'm the great number two. I don't need to take up space. And at How Women Lead, one of our credo is like, be, you know, unabashedly visible, like take up space. But that is super hard for us. And there is a line, right? Where at some point it's like, well, this person is just completely self-promoting, but there's something in between complete deference and, you know, to being, you know, uh, overly self-promoting. Like, how can we figure out where the line goes? Where where should it be? I think that we got to get really candid with ourselves and get some feedback. So the risk is all that, wow, she's a go-getter, she's hungry, all those things. Later on, it can be, she's kind of a worker bee. I don't see her in management all the way to she is how arrogant. And truly, more women are not in that she's arrogant. She really is. They're really not. And so it's something you can get feedback on too. But it's hard. I would tell you, I am trying to be unabashedly visible on LinkedIn right now in preparation for this book launch. And I am constantly feeling like anyone who's on LinkedIn a lot must be annoyed by me but you know what i'm getting the word out because this message matters too it really does i want every single woman to hear this message ellen because i experience it almost every time i talk to a woman leader and it's amazing even the most powerful women leaders really they need to have the mirror up in front of them to be able to without their filters somebody else so do you get like um a team of your colleagues or friends together and say, hey, can you help me through this? I know that I'm struggling with my visibility. Can you tell me if I ever sound like I'm being braggadocious or whatever it is? Or how would we go about enlisting other people's help? I think it's asking for feedback. And all the positives, like what do you see that's working well and where might I be getting in my own way? It's usually about getting in our own way. I did get feedback when I was at Kellogg, new professor, and I got feedback from someone who gave me all these wonderful things that some of which I heard before, but very nuanced things. 
but she also said, you're hiding your light under a bushel. Oh. And it was sort of like, you know, she's right. I, I was thinking, you like, oh, I'm not, I'm not kind of, I know. Well, this was, this was <laughs> like seven years. <laughs> yeah. But it was like six, seven years ago. And it, it was an impetus for me. So that's, that might be tough feedback to give. But it yeah. was great to hear. And I signed up for things that got me writing and got me speaking. And I mm. signed up for this TEDx talk and these other things that were putting myself out there. I write about her because I don't, I think that feedback was so important. So getting good with questions that help someone give them permission to give you feedback, but then very specific. So I'm working on handling conflict or, or whatever it is, the thing that might be holding you back. Can you give me one thing how I can get better at that? So right. making it easier to get clearer feedback, especially because we know that women get more vague feedback too. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So keep asking and saying, I would love specific feedback from you. Well, Absolutely. and it, it, it is very interesting. I've heard so many cases where somebody's in a work environment and the women are basically saying, I don't get any specific feedback. And the men are like, men are yeah. scared to give feedback, I think, to women for yeah. some reason. I think they feel like they're going to cry or something. <laughs> you know, like, it's they, a what I've heard. That's also been researched. That yeah. is true. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it's true of men and women giving women feedback. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah. we all can give better feedback yeah. too, well, and and is, I think that no, well, I was, this is my feedback to you, Ellen. Is this is yeah. extraordinarily valuable? Thank you. Like Thank really, you. I am so excited for everybody to hear this podcast, and we have to have you back. You need to do uh, once your book is out. Please come into a book event with us and tell every. It'll give everyone some more of a frame if you would consider that because this is literally uh, my goal is for women to run the world and to break through those glass ceilings, and this is literally the, one of the most powerful and effective uh, frames I've heard on how to help women do that. Mm -hmm. Everything else I've beaten around the bush. This is actually naming it in such a powerful way and with a good metaphor. It, what Thank is your, you so what much. Is your, oh yeah, no, it's really powerful. I'm serious. You, you, I don't know if you've listened to my podcast, but I don't say this kind of thing lately. We're out of time. If you could leave the audience with a piece of wisdom or advice, what would that be? I would say when people tell you who you are, all those positive things, believe them. Yeah. Believe them in, with your mindset and take actions as if you believe them, even if you're doubting. Well, Ellen, everybody, listen up. You know, you may think I look like I've got it all figured out and I don't have any of these myself, but I got a whole bundle of these I got to work on and I'm going to try and um, lead you. into what you just said, Ellen, and ask you, uh, maybe I'll enlist you, Ellen, as one of my advisors to help me with my own mirrored door. I can teach it, but I'm not sure I always do it. Just like Please a lot do. <laughs> of um, So thank you. You've given me a tremendous gift today. I really want to thank you for, for all of, on behalf of all of us. Um, thank you. You deliver in such a beautiful way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible. <laughs>